You're listening to DraftKings Network. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. What's the longest you've kept a plant alive for? A plant? Yeah. You have me owning plants? <laughs> Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan in Miami and somewhere feeling under the weather in New York City. Is that Trooper Charlotte Wilder? She's still here. There yeah, I'm still here. It's amazing what what cold meds and a little concealer can do for a lady. I mean, all the way to the White House, Charlotte. All right. <laughs> uh, we got a great show for you guys today. Another edition of Who's Lying? Right. Am I, am I right on that? We're, we're going to yeah. pull out the human yeah. lie detector test, which is Amino Hassan, and figure out which one of these people is not telling the truth. Also, shout out to the people doing work upstairs. Love it that you always start at nine o'clock on the fucking dot. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about are the Knicks for real. But first, I want to start with Joel Embiid, who last night during their 119-107 loss to the Warriors, injured, re-injured his left knee. Like, this is the part where I don't know if it's all clear. Basically, uh, there was a scrum, and Jonathan Kaminga, Draymond Green, kind of going after a loose ball. Kaminga fell on Embiid's knee. Um, and he grabbed it, and then he went back to the locker room. He never came back. Now, remember, he had first, I think, banged this thing up Thursday, last Thursday against the Orlando Magic. It caused him to miss Saturday's game against Nikola Jokic on ABC. So he comes out and he plays last night, and Charlotte, mm-hmm. what happens when hurt people try to play hurt? When hurt people play hurt, they often get more hurt, which is what seems to have happened to Embiid. He's on the ground, hand over his eyes. I hate seeing it. I hate seeing it. You also hate seeing it when you feel like maybe this could have been avoided if he had given it a little more time. Nick Nurse said um, he didn't know if it was related to the previous injury. He was like, it seems like it could be something different. He's going to get an MRI. And Bede's going to get an MRI, not Nick Nurse. Although that would maybe be cool he's going to get Nurse one too. Nick Nurse did it too. Like I don't solidarity. know. I'm, you know, I'm maybe not a doctor. They could hold hands like uh, Thelma and Louise, right? <laughs> going into the like MRI a couple's machines. massage. It's a couple's MRI. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about the 65 game thing. We've talked about the the way that these player participation rules seem to be making guys play hurt. It's sort of like, wow. I mean, who could have seen this coming? I, I, again, like I, I've. I, there's two things going on here, right? Two reasons why this rule is dumb. 
Rule number one is what you saw last night. You got a guy who clearly should not be playing because even when he started the game, Charlotte, he -hmm. was moving slowly. He had left the game earlier, went back to the locker room, I believe, in the first half to get something checked out. So it's not like, oh, he was great, he was fine, and then this unfortunate thing happened. He looked like someone who should not be playing, number one. So you got guys playing that shouldn't be playing. But number two, as I said yesterday, I believe, on yesterday's show, the, the timeline's all messed up. You don't need to do this to help the voters get get a heuristic on, should I vote for a guy or not? Right. If you look at the history of the MVP award, and indeed most of these major awards, the voters on their own were already calculating, you know what, Uh, he hasn't played enough games, or this guy is of a comparable level of talent and success this season, and he's played more games. People were doing that on their own. No one was out here, like, vetching, like, should I vote for the guy who played 63 games? Most of the time, he wasn't going to vote for it anyway. The majority right. of the time. The vast majority of the time. So, it, it's just, it was a rule that wasn't needed. It wasn't needed. And I get it, like, sure, maybe there we're, we're doing the, the, um, the thing where we're ignoring the omission. Meaning, how many players are healthy who have been playing every night because of that 65-game rule? That's fair, but when it comes to guys who are forcing themselves injured to play, whether that's Joel Embiid last night who got re-injured, or whether that was also Tyrese Halliburton who played, and then like at some point in the third quarter they said, all right, he's done, and he had to watch as the Pacers mount this magnificent comeback, and he's just kind of like, go Andrew Nemhart and you know Aaron Neesmith. And by the way, it's no... Um, it's no coincidence that Tyrese Halliburton's minute limit last night was 25. Oh, that's, that's odd. It wasn't like 18 huh. or 19. It was 25. Why is that, I mean? Because the rule states in order for you to have counted to play in a game, you have to play at least 20 minutes in it, which, again, is just I get it. They didn't want someone to check in, foul somebody, and check out. A twenty minute. I mean, like I, I just don't understand. What what well, if, what if he got what if he got hurt in minute like sixteen? Yeah. But then that ends up being like over time he ends up qualifying or getting to sixty four games. Is that sixty fifth game not count or? So- That's what I'm saying. That's what we've been. It, it it feels like a parent who doesn't trust their kids. Charlotte Nick Nurse was asked whether the rule influenced the decision to let Embiid play. He said, "Quote." I can't speak to that, but they're going to continue to do all the things that are necessary that they've been doing the whole time he's been playing here. He has these checks. He gets to these points. Medicals are good. They check him again. They say He says he's good. He even said he felt good in the game tonight. We keep relaying to that. Charlotte, those goddamn New York Knicks. No Julius Randle. No OG Ananobi. No Mitchell Robinson, obviously. No Evan Fournier. Ha ha, just making sure you guys are paying attention. No problem. As they beat the Jazz 118 to 103, it's their eighth straight victory. They won, uh, I believe, 12 of 16, 12 of their last 16 or something along those lines. Jalen Brunson, another great game, 29 points, eight assists. Josh Hart with a triple-double of exactly the bare minimum, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. That's Charles, awesome. Guess how many players have done exactly that in the history of the NBA? Just the bare minimum. Oh, uh, five? Ten. 
How about oh. 10 players have had a 10.10 rebound, 10 assists, triple-double? That's awesome. Dante, That's awesome. Dante DiVincenzo, 33 points, 9 three-pointers made. Uh, but Charlotte, I'm going to take you on a dive into a little group chat that I'm part of that's called Sportsville. And the question came up yesterday, and this is how I know we've reached pandemonium levels of Knicks fever. This is DEFCON 1. This is Terror Alert Red. All of it. What's it going to take for Jalen Brunson to be in the MVP conversation? Oh, there it is. Now, wow. it's not, it's, it's, it, forget about, oh, we're good. Oh, we're going to go to playoffs. Oh, can we win around? They want to know what's it going to take for Jalen Brunson to win MVP. Um, what do you think it's going to take for Jalen Brunson to well, win MVP? I mean, I, I think here's the thing. A long time ago, my buddy Zach Harper and I came up with this concept called the MVP conversation bar. So you go in the bar and there's a group of people all holding a drink, having a conversation. And everyone in that conversation is in the MVP conversation. So this year would be like, you know, Jan is holding a drink and, and Joel Embiid holding a drink and Nikola Jokic holding a drink. And I believe Jalen Brunson should be in there holding a drink. Now, the closer you are to the center of this group of people, the higher your MVP odds are right now, as of right now. So... The number one spot is the guy in the middle, and he's telling a story. He's got a drink in his hand, and he's telling a story, and everyone's just kind of listening. And so that's Joel Embiid right now. But Joel Embiid got hurt last night. So, you know, in the MVP conversation bar, that means Joel Embiid may be feeling a little queasy. Maybe I had a little bit too much to drink, and they got to take him out. They got to escort him out the bar. Then a new challenger walks in the center, and that might be Nikola Jokic. Jalen Brunson, he got in the bar now, and he's on the outskirts, and because he's short, he's doing this. He's doing a lot of peeking over and trying to wiggle his way through, but I think if the Knicks keep winning, he might find himself towards the inner circle there. I do, too. I think he also has a lot to overcome. I think he has to do a lot more than other people might have to do to be in that mm -hmm. center of that conversation because he is small. He is on the Knicks. He is, um, you know, he, he's got to put up crazy points and they have to keep winning for him to hold that spot. Um, I, I think you see a Jokic or you see a Embiid and it's like, well, a, a lot of people will be like, well, obviously it's that guy not that guy, but what Jalen Brunson is doing, he is, do the, the Knicks are there because of him. The Knicks are where they are because of Jalen Brunson. And I, if you're talking about most valuable player, like valuable player to a team, why not Jalen Brunson? Who else has made this much of a turnaround for their team this year as Brunson has? Well, I mean, I think people point to Anthony Edwards and Shea Gilgis Alexander as two other guys who have done that and have won more and maybe, quote-unquote, look the part more. I think Jalen Brunson, you're right. He has to overcome so many things. We've heard analysts and pundits say, well, how good is he really? And, and you know what that is, Charlotte? It's, it's the, quote-unquote, eye test. It's the same reason yeah. people were like, oh, well, how good is Steph Curry? They don't say it anymore. But I remember 2015 and 2016, people were like, well, he's not really that good. And, and we're trying to explain to people, no, he is. It's the same thing that happened to Steve Nash. 
Again, mm-hmm. when he won his MVPs, people were like, well, you know, he's all right, but he's only averaging like 18 points a game. How could he be the MVP of the league? People are refuse to accept that this guy who could walk into a room and probably not turn too many heads based on his physical stature right. could dominate a game of Giants. Well, he just grinds it out. Jalen Brunson just throws his body anywhere he has to go to get the points. He takes any charge he has to take. He is just like, there's this determination in his face that I think is so fun to watch. Aside from the, you know, he's not the biggest guy doing the craziest things, but he is just so consistently good. Knicks fans, um, I happen to live with one, and I was looking at um, my husband's Twitter because uh, as the Knicks fan is going on. your roommate? Sorry, my roommate. Yeah. Um, And we were just cracking up because Nick's Twitter, one of them was, so who are we playing in the finals? Another one was hands down best team since 99. Can't even like, can't even talk about how excited I am, which correct. Probably right. They're right. They they won eight games in a row. That's the longest winning streak they've had since 1994, January 94. And in 94, they went to the finals. So. There was also, I mean, um, a, a gift that I'm going to or a, a video thing that I'm going to pull up and, and send to everybody of Tibbs doing this maniacal laugh that he he laughed after that press conference when they who did they beat when he sat down and laughed and we were Denver. talking about how happy he was Denver. after they after they beat Denver. Someone did a fan edit. <laughs> New York is very excited about this, but for the first time in a while, it doesn't feel like delusional Knicks hope. It feels like, oh, wow, okay, this is a legitimate team. They're legitimately good. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball and, more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make six trophies your go to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. You guys think the Timberwolves can beat the Nuggets? Anthony Edwards is plus 1,300 to win Finals MVP. Wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. And if your team isn't in the playoffs, you can wager on who's going to win in the draft lottery on May 12th. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. 
So here's what we're going to do. We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code ODDBALL. That's code O-D-D-B-A-L-L for new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's been a confirmed. It is acknowledged. All-Star Weekend, we're getting a three-point shootout between Sabrina Ionescu of the New York Liberty and Steph Curry of you know who he is. You've seen his work. Originally, they said Sabrina's going to shoot from the WNBA three-point line while Steph shoots from the NBA three-point line. But a lot of people kind of made a fuss, and now Sabrina's shooting from the NBA three-point line. She's using a WNBA ball. He's using an NBA ball. From the very beginning, I heard these rumors, Charlotte. I was out mm-hmm. on this completely. I, I hope they were just rumors. We didn't talk about it last week because I thought it was just rumors. But it's been confirmed now. I'll explain why I don't like it, but I want to hear your take first. Do you think this is a good idea? I think it's fun. I think that Sabrina, last year's WNBA All-Star, hit the most threes anyone's ever hit, WNBA, NBA. And, you know, Steph was tweeting about it. They, She was asked a lot about it. And I think it's fun to have her a part of the NBA All-Star, putting the W in front of more people whenever you can and, and showing like, hey, look at this amazing player. I think that Steph probably is going into this being like, well, I'm not going to lose. And she's probably going into it being like, I'm not going to lose. And so it's sort of a fun battle of egos. And and I think it's great. I think it's great to have her up there. So this is my thing. I understand the desire to use the the spotlight of the NBA to you know, lift up the WNBA. I think that's always a great thing. Anytime we have interactions between WNBA players and NBA players, whether it's going to each other's games, whether it's uh, being there as a part of a, a you know, a, a, an all-star weekend, that's all great. I think when you do this battle of the sexes thing, like, in my opinion, the biggest hurdle for the WNBA is having to constantly refer yourself to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference in hey we're all together we're all one big happy family that's cool it's a difference between that and I'm just as good as him look I can do it too I, I, I don't understand the incessant obsession of comparing they're two different sports they're two different sets of athletes I never have to hear about Serena Williams playing against Roger Federer to show how good Serena Williams really is we just accept Serena Williams is great at her sport and we don't we don't play this comparison game constantly. And I think playing the comparison just robs it of its own value and its own merit, which is it's a great sport. Look, mm-hmm. women's college basketball is doing crazy numbers on ESPN. They're beating NBA games on many nights, right? The other thing is it's a lose-lose because if Curry wins, that you've just devalued your sport. Like you're basically saying, hey, Put all my chips in the middle of the table 
and I'm betting that one of my best players can beat the greatest shooter of all time in his environment, in his, like, basically home turf pretty much. What a ridiculous bet. Why? Because here's the thing. If she wins, how many people do you think are going to be like, huh, maybe I haven't been giving the WNBA a fair shake. Oh, you know, I'll, t- I'll tune in in a few months. They're not going to yeah. do You're not winning no. people over with this. Uh, you remember the television program Highly Questionable, right? Dan Lebetard, Poppy Lebetard, oh, Bomani Jones. And then when Bomani left to do his own thing, that became a rotating chair. Right, and I sat in the chair, and Izzy Gutierrez sat in the chair, and Mina Kimes sat in the chair. And I'll never forget coming to Miami to do Lebetard show, and Mina's in town to do Highly Questionable. And I'm like, hey, like, you want to go grab something or whatever? And she says, no, I have to study. And I said, Mina, what do you got to study for? What, I'm like, what's happening? Like, you taking the bar? What's happening? And she says, no, I got to study for for HQ. I said, Mina, this is like the stupid show where we show people getting hit in the nuts and we laugh or whatever. But Mina's thing was like, yes, but the A block, we actually talk about sports. I can't mess this up. I mean, you can go and sit in that chair and, like, you know, say something goofy and we move on or whatever, or or even get something wrong. Like, I have that luxury because for me, it is just a silly show with my friends joking around. But for Mina, she understood that when I step into this seat, there is an incredible pressure to prove that, yes, I belong. I'm not some ditzy girl who doesn't know what I'm talking about. So even in the most silliest of settings, Mina still felt, I got I to bring it, right? I look at this the same way. For Ionescu, whether she realizes it or not, there is an attention to this and a reality of like, oh, now, like, remember, you're not just Sabrina Iascu. You are the representative for all women across all times and generations. It's not fair, but that's kind of how it is. I mean, how do you think I feel doing this show? Why do you think I constantly ask for more research and more facts? Why do I get so embarrassed when I get something wrong? Obviously, like you're talking about Mina's experience. This is my like this is my every day i didn't want, so I didn't want to use i get that example. i think that the hope is that maybe there's a world in which she can do this at like i maybe maybe that's not maybe we're not there yet but maybe there's a world in which this can be a fun thing for her to do and so what if people are like well that means women are worse maybe it doesn't matter maybe the way you push through that is her giving it a try fingers crossed i guess I mean, yes. are you ready? Are you are you getting your lie detector antennas ready to go? Because we have a game of who's lying. And I'm going to read you quotes that people from around the NBA said recently. And I'm going to need you to tell me if these people are telling the truth or not. Are you ready to go? Bing. Yes, I'm ready to go. Here we go. We're going to start with Mr. Dr. Rivers. He says after... The Nuggets beat the Bucks in his coaching debut. I told our guys, anyone who told you you couldn't play defense lied. You proved that tonight. You competed tonight. Our half-court defense was excellent. I think tonight was an offensive loss. I didn't think we were crisp offensively. Damon Giannis have played 40 games together in their life. Joker and Murray have played, you know. And if you looked at the game tonight, they had it going. Our guys couldn't get it going. And that was the difference. Is Dr. Rivers telling the truth? 
That is a lie. <laughs> uh, that wasn't an offensive loss, an offensive loss. It was an offensive loss, and it was a loss because they gave up 115 points per 100 possessions. That's not good defense. That's middle-of-the-road defense at best. Now, you could argue that, well, Denver scores 118 points per 100 possessions on a nightly basis, so they held them below their season average. But that's all lipstick on a pig. Doc Rivers, you're lying. Okay, uh, we now go to Boston for my favorite who's lying of the day. Joe Missoula, you might remember that uh, last week Kendrick Perkins said that Joe Missoula ha- has the bird of a brain where if you put his brain in a bird, it might start flying backwards. A reporter asked him to give an update on the Celtics injury report, and Missoula said, I'm a bird brain. You know, I can't do that. Joe Missoula. Is telling the truth. He does have a bird brain, but he's lying no. about not giving the information in a timely fashion. That's him just trying to be funny. I will go with bird brain, but there are some feathers. How about that? That's, oh. That seemed unnecessarily cruel to Joe Mazzola. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I yeah, I'm like, that's really me. I was just funny. I don't know. Not <laughs> he's a bird not a bird brain. brain. I'm, I'm messing with you. Okay. Jason Kidd, mm. I mean, is this man lying oh. when he said that Luka Doncic is better than Dirk? And in the realm of Michael Jordan, here's a full quote. He's better than Dirk. He's in the atmosphere of MJ, the best to ever do it, LeBron, Kobe. And so just to appreciate what this young man is doing at the age of 24 is something that Dallas has never seen. Is Jason Kidd lying. Jay Kidd, you know I love you. This sounds like the beginning of a hype me up, but you are lying. My the slime meter was just it was off the charts. That what? Better than Dirk? Look, he might end up being better than Dirk one day. Yes. You know what Dirk did? He won a championship. Been in the finals twice. Won MVP. You know what else Dirk did? He won 60 games multiple times. Hey Luca, have you ever won 55 games? Look, man, and, I, and, and, and he'll get there. I, I really, truly believe he'll be the best player who ever put on a Mavericks uniform by the time it's all said and done. But, man, let's not skip steps here. You trying to put him up with MJ? We're going to move on to Denver. Nikola Jokic, when a reporter asked him why he came out so early to talk to reporters for the postgame conference, Jokic said, and I quote, because I have things to do. Is Jokic lying? Truth. 1,000% truth. NBA players take their sweet-ass time getting ready. Like, you guys have to stand there and wait as this dude slowly, like, puts on his deodorant and then pulls out his phone and starts looking at texts and responding and laughing. Imagine, Charlotte, you're sitting there at your locker, and there's, like, 20 people with cameras and microphones and lights and phones and notepads. So I've done it. It's a very awkward feeling. You just stand there while they're pulling their pants up. Yep. And so, yes, I believe he's absolutely telling the truth on this one. Uh, Terry Rozier, Mm. uh, the newest Heat, the newest member of the Miami Heat, uh, coming from the Charlotte Hornets, my namesakes. Um, Terry Rozier said this about being in Miami. It's the total opposite. In Charlotte, you're kind of used to losing. It's in the DNA, and it sucks to say that because of how much a competitor I am. But over here, it's a total opposite. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody is fine with it. I think it's no secret that everybody knows the differences between some organizations in this league, how well some people take winning, the culture of things. But this is the top. Charlotte, just for, as I did on Jason Kidd's answer, the meter broke for lie. (laughs) 
This time the meter is breaking here for truth for Terry Rozier. I don't know if you saw it the other night when the Hornets were getting blown out at home by the Knicks. And the crowd was chanting, let's go, Knicks. And they cut to the Hornets bench and LaMelo Ball and the other guys there just chuckling it up. Because losing is a part of every single day as a Hornets organization. That's their legacy right now. I know they have new ownership and things are going to change. All that, but that's whoop-de-damn do. But for right now, he's absolutely right. And I said this when people asked, hey, is he going to be able to fit in here? As a guy who's used to having all the shots and all this stuff. I said, look, he started his career as a role player in Boston. And, you know, then he wanted to do more. He wanted to be more. So he went to Charlotte and he got the opportunity to be more and lose a ton of times. He only had one winning season, I believe, while he was in Charlotte. So now coming back to success and coming back to expectations of excellence, he's all right with sacrificing because he wants to be a part of something meaningful. Now the only trick is, what a goddamn game, Miami Heat. Get that Charlotte DNA up out of here. Hey, I'm right here. Sorry, Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> not Charlotte Wilder. Thank you for watching Oddball. We live here. I've died here. This is a ghost you're looking at. I'm died? Yeah. A ghost that doesn't speak English very well. <laughs>